New customers. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code FIELDGOAL. Bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and stay specific responsible gambling resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Bonus issued as bonus bets. Eligibility and terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com football terms. I've officially arrived at the gym. That's step one. What's step two? I guess just stand here until an idea for a workout routine comes to me? Or maybe step two is flagging down a trainer to help nope, and- no way. I already spent most of my money on the gym membership. I can probably figure it out myself. Or you could try FitBot. It's an app that builds a workout routine for you based on your goals and fitness level. You can even tell it what equipment you have so you can get a plan that's customized just for you. So FitBud does all the planning for me. I don't have to Google random videos hoping they're right for me? That's right. FitBod actually has exercise demo videos for you too. Plus, a whole year of FitBod costs less than a single session with a trainer. Huh. Maybe I'll finally get more than one workout out of my gym membership this year. Download FitBod today and get a 14-day free trial plus 25% off your subscription when you go to fitbod.me slash getfit. That's fitbod.me slash getfit. Welcome back, everybody. It is the Razzball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am B-Don, joined by the Fantasy Master Lothario himself, Gray Albright. How you doing over there, Gray? Uh, good. <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, I, I'm okay. I, I'm fine. Uh, health is good. Fantasy team health, not as good. <laughs> not, not a great week. Uh... Had Hunter Green going in a bunch of places, so that just ripped. That Mola rammed my heart out of my chest. I was like, ah, Hunter Green, anything but a home run allowed, please. (laughs) Please. Oh, my God. It was like, that was the cure for uh, the dead ball. It was like, oh, you know, the the, the dead ball flies if you're throwing it 103 miles per hour, (laughs) apparently. (laughs) Oh, man. I was like, before that, I was like, you know, singing Lizzo, like it's bad bitch o'clock and it's thick 30. And then all of a sudden, 100 Green started pitching. I was like, ow, 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 that hurts. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, uh, I've been better. The teams, uh, that my fantasy teams that uh, don't have Hunter Green are actually doing okay. <laughs> Other than that, yeah. How about you, uh, B Don? How are you doing? Yeah, I sat Hunter Green everywhere because uh, I was just terrified of what might happen. He's just the home runs. I mean, if you took away every home run he's allowed, he his not his lines actually might be okay. But he's just yeah. I mean, everything he's throwing up there is getting hit oh out of the God. park. It sucks. Yeah. No, actually, that's a, that's a good point. I was like, you know, I was saying, I think I wrote in the uh, the write-up uh, on the site, or I said it somewhere, or I don't know. But his, like, his K per nine is beautiful. <laughs> like, he's doing really – like, Hunter Green, like, if you just look at the x oh, baby. Oh, oh, man, he's doing so well. But he's like, he's making like Matthew Boyd looks at his home runs aloud and is like, damn. <laughs> Matthew Matthew Boyd wishes he could have a home run aloud as as high as Hunter Green. I mean, it's like, damn. I uh, yeah, no, Hunter Green right now is home run his home runs per, allowed per nine is four point three five. That's uh, that's roughly um, I don't know, maybe four hundred home runs a year. <laughs> home runs allowed. Yeah, that's he's giving up ten home runs in only twenty innings. <laughs> no, seriously, he throws two hundred innings. That's a hundred home runs allowed. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. Oh man, but he's so good. Ah. Oh. I know he's like a, he's like a a a, a true uh, three outcome pitcher. <laughs> it's like, all he does is home home runs allowed, walks allowed, or uh, uh, strikeouts. <laughs> he's the Adam. He's the Adam Dunn of pitching. Oh man. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Be done. Not, not, not great, great on Hunter but Green, okay. but yeah. I mean, I, I feel like maybe Hunter Green has that five percent of the twenty nineteen baseballs that they've brought back, you know, just to kind of mix it up one game per day. They throw in 2019 yeah. baseballs, it seems like. So maybe he's just unlucky and gets those. I know. Well, you know, it's, um, you know, it's kind of like, I, I mean, I, I feel like the baseballs. Rob Manfred is like um, uh, J. Edgar Hoover plotting JFK's assassination. <laughs> Allow, allow me to explain. So it's like before JFK got killed by the FBI and Oliver Stone lost his shit and and made the JFK Kevin Costner movie. Before all that happened, like, you know, no one believed in conspiracies. But once JFK got assassinated, then it was like, oh, oh, anything's possible. The government's capable of doing anything. So you lose all trust. And then it's like the same thing now with Major League Baseball, where you have like, you know, the baseballs for like 100 years. Everyone's like, yeah, baseball's a baseball. What? What? There's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with the baseball. I mean, the baseball's a baseball. Right. And then you have suddenly Rob Manfred's like, hmm, let's tinker. <laughs> and now you have a situation where it's like one year. 
home runs are up insane, and Rob Manfred's like, oh, might want to scale back on that one. <laughs> might want to scale back a little bit on that baseball that's just bouncing out of the stadium on, like, opposite field, like, home <laughs> runs, like nothing. Like, suddenly, Glaber Torres is a 40-homer hitter. Okay, yeah, maybe not. Maybe we just want to scale back. And now it's like he scaled back so far that you're like, oh, man, now nothing. Now no one can hit a home run. Now Giancarlo has, like, expected batting average of, like, 800, and he can't hit a home run. <laughs> it's like, damn, damn, he had a 117 miles per hour exit velocity, and it's a fly ball <laughs> to shallow right. <laughs> That's weird. So now it's like suddenly now everyone is like you see a, a game where, like, a couple homers are hit, like in the Brewers game against, like, Hunter Green, and it's like, huh, did they mix up the baseballs? Like, now suddenly nothing's real, and it's like everyone's just looking. Like, no one's looking at the players anymore, and now you're just looking at the baseballs, which is, you know, um, not great. <laughs> not, 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 it's not a great situation. I feel like, uh, I feel like pitchers are going to have to hurry up and pitch faster because the, the, the humidor effect loses, you know, it, it's gone once the ball sits in the umpire's satchel for half an inning. So you got you to gotta move quick out there on the mound and get going. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I wonder, you know what? No one's ever talked about that. Like, does it matter how long <laughs> this is also? See, this is another thing, like, with the humidors, because it's like, last year is like, oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, that park has a humidor. <laughs> like, wait, wait a minute. Are you supposed to tell people that? But anyway, like, now every stadium's got a humidor, but there's no, like, but no one has said, oh, yeah, they're all set for the same amount of humidity. <laughs> like, it's like, what's going on with the humidors? Are they just, like, all over the map? It's like, oh, yeah, in this stadium, it's like the humidor be- makes it uh, a bouncy ball. And in this stadium, the humidor makes it a dead ball. Like, what? <laughs> what is going on? But anyway, no, but when you were, uh, you brought up an interesting thing that I never even thought of, that I don't even know if this is a real thing, because honestly, not a sign. <laughs> A lot, of, a lot of people a are listening to this and they're like, you know what? I think Gray's a scientist. Well, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, I'm not a scientist. But listen, though, like how long is a baseball out of the humidor before it loses its humidity? <laughs> is that a thing? No, seriously. Is there like a certain amount of time? Like if you're like if the baseball's sitting in like the umpire's pouch for a long time. <laughs> I don't even know. This might be the most stupidest <laughs> thing I've ever. You know what? I actually think there is probably something to that. To what degree it matters in a half an inning, I'm I'm not sure. Um, but maybe there's something to it about as the as the game goes on. But I don't know because they they replace the baseballs each like inning or half inning. So I we'll just move on. Um, first thing we're going to talk about. Uh, speaking of, I think Christian Yelich gets those 2019 baseballs. Because the last two weeks, he's hitting 306, three home runs, one stone base, 13 runs, nine RBIs. He's got that launch angle up to nine on the season. So he's finally above that 0.5 mark he sat at for a while. Uh, are we looking at the resurgence of Christian Yelich, or is this kind of a, a blip, and, and maybe this is the time to go ahead and get rid of him? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was actually, in the first couple weeks of the season, I was really sort of I was worried about him a lot with his launch angle, but you're right. I mean, in the last couple of weeks, his launch angle has come up a lot. So it's like, as of the taping of this, it's around nine. 
which would be his highest since 2019, which, you know, I mean, I guess it's it's hard to account for 2019, as we were just saying. You know, there was so much nonsense going on with the baseballs. But, you know, if he's going to hit fly balls, which he – Christian Yelich hits the ball hard. Like, there was never an issue with, like, how hard he was making uh, contact. Like, that was always fine. It was always a matter of him – hitting the ball directly into the dirt, which was which is not good, obviously. So the fact that he's hitting more five balls now than he's hit since 2019, uh, his five ball rate is up to 34%. In 2019, it was at 35.9%. Uh, so it's real, it's, it's pretty good. Um, you know, and last year it was at 23.7% to give people an idea. So obviously he's hitting the ball more in the air and He's hitting the ball hard. With that combination, I'm kind of interested again. Like I was, I was definitely concerned. Like in those first two weeks, but I mean, like I said, like I always said with him, you know, the good thing with Christian Yelich is he was always going to be in the middle of the order, and he was going to hit the ball hard. So you know, he was going to get counting stats to a certain degree. He didn't strike out a lot. Like there was never. Like, you know, with like, you know, in the early in the preseason, we were comparing him to Cody Bellinger. And there was always with Cody Bellinger was always the issue with like, is he going to strike out as a lot? Is he going to hit for a bad average? Is he going to hit the bottom of the order? Like there was issues with Cody Bellinger that never were there with really Yelich. Like Yelich was always going to hit the ball hard. He was going to hit the ball. He wasn't going to strike out a ton. And he was also going to be in the middle of the order. So there's going to be some definite positives with Yelich. And now if he's hitting the ball in the air... I'm kind of interested again. I mean, I was like, I was probably a little too hasty to get out on him early because I did like, I was pretty worried when his, uh, his launch angle was like really crazy low in the first two weeks, but yeah, it looks, he looks better. I mean, he does. He, he legitimately looks good. Yeah, he does. Um, I, it, I was definitely off the yellow. I own zero shares. I think at one point on this podcast, I may have even discussed the potential of like trading him for absolutely anything. Uh, so I, I, you know, I, my bad on Yelich. He does look a lot better. I guess the question is now, Gray. Now that he's hitting better, are you willing to potentially buy high on him in in the hopes that he becomes kind of you know the old Christian Yelich, which is thirty plus home runs. Um, I, he's not gonna. I don't think he's gonna get us twenty five, thirty stolen bases anymore. I think that's out the window. The speed's definitely down since that time in his in his career. But ten, ten stolen bases, twelve stolen bases, somewhere in that range. Do you think that's? Yeah. No, I think. Uh, yeah. No, I, I think twelve still. I think twelve steals is doable. I think he's probably. Uh, I would probably put his uh, homers around twenty five homers. Uh, twenty five, twelve. 270 that's not bad i mean that you know I, I mean i think people can sort of get a uh a, a good feel for what that would be uh for like trade value wise you know he's not i don't you know i would say probably like top 60 to 70 overall like i i don't think he's like i don't think he's a top 25 player again like i i don't think he's there maybe top 50 um, so like, you know, I would say roughly in the, uh, maybe 
a lower number one outfielder uh, range. Not a, like he's still got issues. Like he's not like I said, like 25 homers isn't, you know, that's not a number. That's not like a strong number one outfielder. Like, um, you know, I could see him or like him or George Springer, I guess, is a, a toss up for me where Springer, I worry about his uh, batting average and potentially injury concerns. Uh, and Yelich, I worry that his launch angle will uh, revert um, back to uh, what it was previously. So, you know, he becomes a ground ball machine again. So, you know, right now, so there's some issues, there's some risks there. But, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, honestly, I don't hate Yelich as much as I did uh, two weeks ago. I, I have, uh, I don't have him in any leagues. I have no, um, you know, I have no personal stake in Yelich. I don't. I don't really care either way. I'm just saying, you know, from a uh, an outside perspective looking in, he looks better. He does. I would uh, I would be interested if someone were to come to me with a, a trade offer. All right. Sounds good. And I think what you projected gives people an idea of kind of where we're looking at in regards to value for trades. I don't think either of us is expecting vintage, you know, number one, number two, number three pick type of Christian Yelich, but like you said, he could potentially be in that outfielder one, outfielder two discussion um, and, and kind of maintain that role for you. You're right. I mean, the hit tool never went away. It was just, he was just beating everything in the ground and with the shift, it just wasn't, he just couldn't really do anything. So launch angle, definitely an improvement for him. This week is uh, prospect the Palooza. We got a ton of prospects coming up or have already come up within the last few days, uh, but between the last time we talked. Let's start at the top here. Royce Lewis, uh, so far hitting 7 through 9. So far in AAA this year, over 107 plate appearances. He's hitting 310, 430, 563. He's got three home runs, eight stolen bases, an 18.7% K rate, a 16% walk rate. How interested are you in Royce Lewis here, who's coming in for Carlos Correa, who's got the, the finger injury? Yeah, well, I mean, I was really interested in Correa. I mean, excuse me, in uh, Lewis when I heard Correa's finger was broken. Now that I hear uh, Correa's finger is just bruised, kind of less interested. I, I'm not. I'm not really. I didn't. Uh, I didn't get Royce Lewis in any. Uh, maybe I got him in a. Maybe I got him in a redraft where I just picked him up off of waivers, but. You know, once I heard Correa's uh, finger wasn't broken, I think I actually even dra- I even dropped uh, Royce Lewis in the one league I picked him up. I don't know. It was uh, it was our RCL uh, twelve team mixed league, so it's not really a deep league. Um, yeah, I mean, I would definitely grab Royce Lewis. Like it, he's sort of in a situation where, I mean, by the time we have people listen to this podcast. Correa could already be back, you know, like when Correa's uh, finger was fractured, supposedly, then it was like, oh, you know, Royce Lewis could have six weeks of time up in the majors to, you know, show something. And that could then, you know, and then if he showed something good, that could parlay into him remaining up as like, you know, in a different position in the lineup, maybe who knows? I mean, anything could have happened if Royce Lewis would have hit when he was uh, after he was called up, but now that he may not even get a week's worth of uh, at bats, nah, it's like nah. I mean, I'm interested in long term because he's got great power and great speed, 
but um, yeah, I'm not super interested for redraft leagues right now. Like in, um, you know, to give people an idea in my uh, fab leagues, I didn't even bid on Royce Lewis. I I didn't. I, I or maybe I put in like a, a like a five or ten dollar uh, out of a thousand. That is, you know, so a very minimal bid. I think I put in for Royce Lewis. Uh, I don't know. Uh, what about you? Uh, I put. I think I put about three. $33 or so on him in both TGFBI and um, the Wharf the draft. So <clears throat> I, I believe I actually got him in both of those for that, you know, what you would amount to $3 in a $100 budget league. So, I mean, I spent a few bucks on him, but I, this is more speculative for me. Just That's a thousand, a thousand dollars. I know, not, I, I was just relating it down. So, you know, if it was a hundred dollars, it'd be a $3 bid. Oh, so I spent oh, like $33 and a thousand dollars. So, yeah, it's... you know, actually, uh, sorry, not to interrupt, but I actually, um, the people who got him like today, I was, I had a little bit of regret that I didn't put like, cause 23, 33, those kind of bids are kind of, they're, they're like, they're irrelevant in a thousand dollar league, a thousand dollar fab. Like it's a, like you said, it's like a $3 bid. So it's like nothing. So I kind of regret not, going after him for one of those type of bids because if we find like you know things all the time happen where like Correa could come back and re-injure himself or like or they could be like oh actually his finger is fractured <laughs> and then and then you look brilliant for getting Royce Lewis for only $33 so I I do kind of regret not putting it because you know things could happen where $33 in a out of a thousand is like nothing. So yeah. Anyway, go ahead. What you're saying? Uh, I was just saying that, it, like you said, it's a speculative pickup. So if he gets to stick in the lineup, if something happens with Correa, or if they stick him, if Correa goes to DH for a little while, just because they don't want him making that throw with a injured middle finger, which is obviously very important on a on a throw from shortstop. Royce Lewis could get some extended looks, and if he does hit well, it's not like the Twins have a ton of bats that need to be crammed into this lineup. So I think he could he could definitely stay up for some period of time here. Um, next up is Jose Miranda. He was hitting sixth in general, but he was hitting second yesterday on Sunday. We're recording this Monday uh, noon my time uh, morning for Gray. So far in AAA this year, in 95 plate appearances, he's hitting 256, 295, 442 with two home runs. Not an amazing line, but you have to remember last year between double A AA and triple A, he hit 30 home runs, four stolen bases, 344, 401, 572. So this is a guy that has serious, serious power. I, I mean, his hit tool last year looked great. Hasn't quite carried over to this year yet, but I think a guy that you have to take a chance on if he's out there. What do you think, Gray? Yeah, no, I agree. I think, uh, you know, I was saw uh, his homer on, uh, I believe it was Saturday. I mean, he hit a bomb. <laughs> he really, like, I mean, he really impressed me with how much power he had. I, was, I wasn't sure if he had that kind of power. I mean, he hit it into the upper deck in uh i believe it was left center it was a it was a hit i mean it was really it was a far homer it was uh i think it was four four twenty five feet i think um yeah i mean i would say you know he's like i you know i think i compared him uh to another twin 
the twins have good contact guys. Uh, and Miranda reminded me a little bit of like Luis Arise, except with power. Uh, so like Miranda could hit for a, good, a great average. He doesn't have any real speed. So, uh, I mean, I was, I think I also compared Miranda to uh, Ty France. So, like, that, that sort of, like, hit tool where he could hit, like, Miranda could hit 280-plus with power, um, no speed, and, you know, decent counting stats. He's actually, because Miguel, uh, Miguel Sano uh, went, uh, had an injury uh, that he needed surgery, um, yeah, knee sur- he needed knee surgery, so, uh, you know, I think Sano's going to be out for a while, so Miranda's going to have plenty of time. I'm, I picked up Miranda everywhere that I could. Like, I think – actually, I think I, I do still have Miranda in our RCL league. Um, and I picked him up in uh, Yahoo Friends and Family, uh, which is a 15-team mixed league. So I picked him up in 12-team mixed league, 15-team mixed league. I'm in on Miranda everywhere. I think Miranda could potentially be – like uh, one of the call-ups of the year if he continues to hit. And uh, like you said, the Twins don't really have that much. So Miranda could hit at the top of the order. He could hit for power. He could hit for average. He's definitely a guy that, you know, other than speed, there's really not a whole lot missing from his profile. So, yeah, I I like him a lot. Yeah, I'm with you. He went for more than I was expecting in – uh, TGFBI and um, the my other NFBC leagues. I think he went for like three hundred uh, in my in my TGFBI, which is more than I had to spend on him. So uh, yeah, but a great prospect. For reference, uh, Itch had him at fifteen in his preseason prospect ranking. So we we are talking about a you know borderline elite type of guy here. I've officially arrived at the gym. That's step one. What's step two? I guess just stand here until an idea for a workout routine comes to me. Or maybe step two is flagging down a trainer to help nope, and... no way. I already spent most of my money on the gym membership. I can probably figure it out myself. Or you could try FitBot. It's an app that builds a workout routine for you based on your goals and fitness level. You can even tell it what equipment you have so you can get a plan that's customized just for you. So FitBot does all the planning for me. I don't have to Google random videos hoping they're right for me. That's right. FitBod actually has exercise demo videos for you too. Plus, a whole year of FitBod costs less than a single session with a trainer. Huh. Maybe I'll finally get more than one workout out of my gym membership this year. Download FitBod today and get a 14-day free trial plus 25% off your subscription when you go to fitbod.me slash getfit. That's fitbod.me slash getfit. Uh, George Kirby got his first start on Sunday. Looked great. Six innings, four hits, seven Ks, no walks, no earned. In 24 innings in AAA this year, he had a 1.82 ERA, 0.89 whip in five starts and 32 Ks over those 24 and two-thirds innings. 34.5 K rate, 5, 5.5% walk rate. Or Sorry, it was double A. Uh, so, I mean, he was killing it. In the minors, he absolutely looked great in his first start, Gray. I mean, if Miranda's the the bat to be all in on this week, Kirby's the arm to be all in on, right? Yeah, no, completely. I, You know, I, I think Kirby, because, like, Kirby has the great thing that, you know, we we always go back to with, uh, 
you know, command. Like if you're if a rookie has good command, then unless, you know, something completely derails him, like there's no reason to think he's going to have, you know, a really like terrible starts like the Hunter Greens of the world. <laughs> you know, like there's like a a solid base, uh, a good floor with uh, George Kirby where like he should be safe ish you know no rookie pitchers are completely safe but he should be safe ish and he's also got good upside because like you know i mean he was yeah i i watched his whole start i mean he looked fantastic he looked like you know absolute like you know ace material um you know high 90 fastball uh get like really hard slider uh it, it was just everything was working i mean you know it wasn't the rays are a a fairly decent team for on base percentage and uh batting average and they weren't really able to do anything with like kirby you know like they weren't they they didn't really work counts or anything like he was always around the plate. It, he looked really great. I mean, honestly, he looked like the best rookie pitcher I think that I've seen this year. Um, you know, I guess my Joe Ryan, I think is a, a rookie technically, even though he pitched last year. So maybe, so maybe Joe Ryan's in that uh, boat, but yeah, I think, uh, I think he was like, I think George Kirby, uh, I, he wasn't available in, um, uh, NFBC uh, fab this week because he didn't pitch until Sunday. So uh, rookies who are just called up aren't in there until they actually appear in a game. Uh, so he was, so he'll be next week. I have a feeling he's going to probably go for a lot next week, uh, especially if he comes back this week and has another gem, like he could go for a couple hundred dollars out of a thousand. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes upwards to like, you know, over two hundred and fifty dollars if he uh, if he pitches well again this week. Yeah, uh, he's going to be an expensive arm next week if he puts up another outing similar to the one we just saw. So get those checkbooks ready in in your NFBC or any Fab League. Uh, Juan Yepes is the next one on our list here. He's slotting in in the five spot so far um, for Alec. Uh, he's hitting two seventy nine, three twenty three, six fifty one. Nine home runs and 93 appearances in AAA. I mean, it feels like uh, Juan Yepes has a chance here to to kind of take a place in in the Cardinals lineup permanently. And I mean, they're sticking him at five right off the bat, so they're not concerned with him. Yeah, I know. I wish someone would tell them about Nolan Gorman. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like, yeah, man, Nolan Gorman, he's going to be great. And then they bring up Juan Yepes, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, I wish I would have got Juan Yepes then instead of Nolan Gorman. Uh, I, you know, I, I saw, you know, for a while they had Dickerson and, um, DeJong as like the DH, uh, the Cardinals, that is. They had uh, Dickerson, Corey Dickerson and Paul DeJong as uh, a DH platoon. And, you know, I said, I think I said like about two weeks ago that uh, Nolan Gorman was going to get called up and become the DH and make those two guys obsolete. Um, You know, Sosa ended up getting injured, so DeJong went to short, but 
Dickerson ended up getting benched for Yepes versus Gorman. And now with, I think, if I, I mean, if I were the Cardinals, um, you know, again, spoiler alert, I'm not <laughs> the Cardinals. But if I were, I would just go with Yepes as long as he's hitting at DH. Like, there's no reason to now, um, you know, go back to uh, Dickerson or DeJong, even when uh, Sosa returns. I would keep Yepes in the lineup as long as he's hitting. And so far, he has been. Uh, I, you know... His profile is like he's got a power like to spare for sure. He's got a you know in um, in a Triple A uh, as you said he hit like you know crazy amount of power uh, with nine homers in twenty two games. I mean he's already hit one homer in five games with the Cardinals. I mean he could he could be he could go on and become Rookie of the Year. Uh, potentially in the NL. I mean, it could happen. He could he could be hot for the next five months, especially if uh, say a Suzuki never gets another hit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I you know Yepes is definitely a guy. I didn't I didn't spend big on him, but a lot of people did in uh, Fab this week. I uh, you know he was he was bought in my leagues for I think uh, you know upwards to um, two hundred dollars out of a thousand, uh, at least a hundred and twenty uh, in other leagues, um, and I think in my NL only leagues he was already uh, he was already rostered in most of them. I actually I think I actually I got him in, in my uh, my home league, but that's uh, you know that's a keeper league, so I got him for a dollar. I I don't I got him before. Uh, before he was called up, I believe I I got him. I don't know. Maybe I got him the day he was called up. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I think you know he's he's got great contact, good plate discipline. Um, he doesn't he doesn't really take a ton of walks, but enough. I, yeah, I mean he could really be great. I I have nothing like I don't have any negatives to say on him. Like he's sort of he reminds me a little bit of Jose Miranda. Uh, in the NL, like, you know, he's got no speed, but he could hit for a decent average and some power. So, yeah, I like him. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think the average is probably the different the differentiator here between Yepes and Miranda for me. I, I just think uh, Miranda's Miranda's floor for average is, is a lot higher than Yepes here, um, yeah. just kind of based on I, minor league track record. But they both have power, so they could both put up big power numbers here. Absolutely right about that. Um, moving on to Bryson Stott, who we've talked about a little bit before in the preseason when we had, we got all the shortstops getting making the major league roster. Um, he got they all sucked. They, <laughs> they have not been great. Um, except Bobby Witt. Uh, remember, remember when Bobby Witt was going to be a thing? <laughs> we'll, we'll get we'll get to him here in a little while. Um, but, okay. but Bryson Stott's back up. He's hitting it on the nine spot. 333, 375, 6'11, two home runs, two stolen bases, and 31 plate appearances in AAA. So, I mean, he's done his, his job down in AAA. Are you interested in Bryson's spot on the second time around? Do you think he's going to get more playing time this time, or is this just a placeholder since they've, they're just banged up? Yeah, I think it's, you know, once uh, Diddy comes back, I unless Stott is hitting really well, I mean, they keep wanting Stott to run away with this job. I mean, they're really, it's sort of like the Alec bomb thing last year. Like 
I'll give it to the Phillies. I mean, they definitely don't hold back their guys. Like they're trying, they're trying to get Stott to be a thing, but so far, you know, he hasn't really done a ton in the major leagues. So I guess we'll see. I, um, I didn't really, I didn't go after Stott at all. I didn't even put in a bid because he burned me. <laughs> and I don't, I don't quickly forget about that. So <laughs> he's on my shit list, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I think I got him for like a, a $9 bid and a thousand dollar. Cause I got outbid on all the other guys we've already talked about for the most part. So uh, I, I did end up with Stott in one, one spot, I think for a minimal bid, but I'm just seeing if they actually give him full playing time because part of the issue early in the season was they were, they're just yanking him in and out of the lineup every day, and it's really hard to get on track if you're not playing. Um, next up is Alec Thomas. He was in the eighth spot on Sunday uh, in 116 played appearances in the minors. He's hitting 277, 362, 495, four home runs, three stolen bases. Alec Thomas, Gray, are you are you more interested in, in Alec Thomas uh, coming up for Arizona? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you know he's gonna. Uh, I think he's gonna be a, uh, a. It's gonna be a slow drip on adding him in leagues because you know the Diamondbacks aren't really that interesting, and hitting in the eight hole and the Diamondbacks is just like kind of death. <laughs> so it's hard to really be too excited about that. Uh, but I do think he's like he's got power and speed, which is nice. I mean, if he were, you know, I could see a scenario where he becomes like, you know, uh, 12 team mixed league uh, viable right now. I don't think he's there yet. I, you know, I I think he's probably at best a 15 team mixed league guy. Um, you know, if he's uh, you know, we'll have to see like in the uh, in the minors this year. He was, you know, it, it looks like he's still young. He looks like he's got good power and speed. So, like, that could quickly, you know, become relevant in a lot of leagues. But, yeah, I, you know, I, I wasn't I, – I didn't go out and grab Alec Thomas in uh, – I don't believe I, I did in, um, in any mixed leagues. Uh, I did have him, I think, in an NL only, um, and I uh, – yeah, I mean that's good. And only obviously, it's a good. He's a good guy to have. But mm, yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm sort of uh, I'm I'm sort of in a situation where I'm, I'm waiting to see more from him at this point. Yeah, I don't think I got him either because he he was gone already and in all only, and I I think uh, he was too far on my list down on my list for me to get him in any NFBC leagues this year, but. I'm interested a little bit just because Arizona is one of those one of the teams where he could definitely get a roster spot, and if he hits well, he can move up in the order very fast because they literally have nobody that needs to hit. Oh, uh, excuse me, hello, <laughs> David Peralta. Excuse me, excuse me, Mister Man. <laughs> All right, they have one guy who kind of needs to hit in front of him, kind of, just so they could trade him later in the season. They have actually the Diamondbacks. I think I said, I think I said this on the uh, on the site at one point, but the Diamondbacks have like Kettle Marte and then uh, eight number nine hitters. <laughs> That's their entire their entire lineup is like Kettle Marte and number nine hitters. <laughs> There's a lot of guys in the Diamondbacks lineup that wouldn't even be a starter for a lot of teams. 
yes, they are. <laughs> just, uh... How long? How how many guys did have to get injured for David Peralta to make the lineup in New York? Either either the Mets or the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, well, we have Aaron Hicks. Yeah, we're playing him in front of David Peralta. <laughs> I don't know. That'd be a, that'd be a close one. Well, that, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So since we've talked about some prospects here, Gray, let's let's view into the glass. Who are you stashing in, say, a deep 12-team or a 15-team league right now that you're kind of hoping gets a call-up or maybe, you know, maybe with your connections you have some information for the people? <laughs> I should. Actually, I, you know, I haven't reached out. I should reach out to uh, Mish and ask him about Max Meyer. I, I feel like, uh, you know, what he's going to say to me, um, if I had to guess, I'd say he's probably going to say if – an injury, he's the first guy up. That's what I would guess. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, but Max Meyer feels like he could be up at any moment. Uh, I don't, like, there's no sort of, unless, like, okay, so if uh, Alessio Hernandez is actually injured and not just pitching like crap, <laughs> then maybe then maybe he gets replaced. But right now, like, Honestly, who do you replace in the Marlins uh, rotation besides Hernandez? I mean, you're not going to replace Pablo Lopez, Trevor Rogers, Alcantara, or uh, Lazardo. I guess you replace Hernandez, but I don't know. Do you replace? Because if you replace uh, Eliezer Hernandez, where does he go? Just Just gets like he becomes the long man out of the pen? I don't know. I mean, I guess that could happen. So... I, yeah, Max Meyer. I'm I'm already stashing him in an NL uh, and I think two NL only leagues. I'm stashing Max Meyer. Uh, I would stash him in a 15 team mixed league. 12 team is a, a 12 team mix is a little too shallow. I think at this point to be stashing him. But yeah, I like him a lot. I mean, I think Max Meyer could potentially be like you know, uh, an ace as soon as he's called up. Like, he looks like he is – he looks basically like he's a, a number one starter, <laughs> like, almost immediately. Um, you know, like, 11-plus K per nine, uh, you know, great command. He looks fantastic. Um, okay, who else? Yeah, I mean, Max Meyer does look amazing. How about Tristan Casas? Are you interested in him? Uh, I mean, Red Sox are – their offense is – Puttering to start the season. First base is not getting it done for them. And Tristan is just raking. Valentine's Day isn't just about who you love, but what you love. And if you love learning about history, innovation, exploration, and true stories that will leave you inspired, then you have to get to the National Army Museum in Alexandria, Virginia. You'll find three floors filled with treasures from the Revolution to today. You can even drop in the museum store and get a gift for that special someone. Parking and admission are free. For tickets, visit usarmymuseum.org. That's usarmymuseum.org. Yeah, I you know, it's so hard to know with, uh, you know, because like I mentioned before with like Nolan Gorman, I thought he was coming up two weeks ago because he had like 10 homers in like 12 games. <laughs> so it's like really difficult to know like when uh, a team's going to call up someone like the Red Sox could use uh, Duran. They call him up for a day and then they send him right back down. So it's like, I don't know, like. I guess Casas 
is probably like he's probably up if um I mean at the latest I would guess June first he's up because you know there's no reason for them to keep playing Franchi Cordero, but there's really no reason to play playing Franchi right now <laughs> and they're doing it. I mean, got, you know, uh, RIP to all my Franchi Cordero uh, sleeper posts from the past years. <laughs> but <laughs> if the Red Sox front office is reading a Franchi Cordero sleeper post, please read the year in front of the uh, sleeper. <laughs> is it 2017? Uh, no, it's not. It's not 2017. <laughs> Uh, it's 2022, I think. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, Casas is probably up within the next month, but I don't know. I, I Yeah, I would definitely – I mean, he's, uh, I think, at this point, 15-team mixed league stashable, but not 12-team. Sort of the same as Max Meyer, just, you know, obviously uh, a bat versus an arm. Yeah, I, I would say he's uh... – yeah, I think that's probably about right. I mean, Tristan is probably a little bit lower on my spectrum if we're just talking bat versus arm. Um, but he has, I mean, he's hes an amazing bat. So we will see what happens here. Uh, next up on the list here is Adley Rushman. We kind of, I mean, it's its Baltimore. They were not going anywhere. So do you think he's eventually going get, to get the call? Yeah, no, I mean... <laughs> It's, like, kind of ridiculous that he hasn't been – I don't know. I mean, he was – I think he was actually injured, and it wasn't a fake injury mm-hmm. in uh, March. Um, that's what I heard, at least. I don't know. Someone uh, someone told me it was a real injury, that they weren't faking it. So, I, I don't know. I Yeah, I, I don't really have I, – I don't have any uh, interest in him, really, outside of, like – once he's called up, if he were available in a shallow league, I would pick him up, but – I'm not stashing him. I, you know, he's going to be a, he's going to be a catcher uh, and not a very good one for like the first year. I mean, he might hit for an okay average, but he's not going to do anything special uh, like catcher wise. I don't know. I mean, maybe I eat my words, but I don't think this year is really going to be anything to write home about with him. I think he's probably going to be like, you know, a maybe like a, a top, 12 barely at when once he's called up that is so like you know or 12 to 15 like i don't know omar navaris or him ah, i guess i guess him because of upside but navaris could easily be better yeah i think i'm a little bit more excited i think once he gets called up he's i mean he's you said 12 so i guess when i say he's he's a surefire you know catcher one we're not that far off necessarily but um, I am interested as soon as he gets called up and uh, he's potentially worth stashing if you have the bench space. But as you mentioned, it is catcher. If you want a one catcher league, you can always stream that position anyways. So it's hard to ever stash a catcher necessarily, but he just has such good, such a good eye, such good back control. Like I think the average alone is going to make him a, a catcher one. And then if he shows some of the power, uh, we'll see if he can show that in the new Baltimore stadium, but at least he's a switch hitter. So he doesn't always have to hit in the now cavernous left field. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. All right. One last one here. O'Neill Cruz. Um, I mean, we thought he had a chance of breaking camp. They said he was going to break camp. He's, he's apparently not very happy about being sit down in general. I, I can't blame him. He could be riding first class in a plane and instead he's, 
riding the bus? Are you are you ready to to roster O'Neill Cruz, or are the Pirates going to drag this out super two? Uh, yeah, I mean he's not exactly. I mean, just looking yeah, at his like he's hitting one eighty. He's hitting one eighty nine. So I mean, if he's he's not exactly making a strong case to get called up. I you know I definitely I drafted him in a bunch of leagues. I've dro- either dropped him in uh, redrafts or I'm, he's on my bench in a, I think a, in my, in my NO only keeper, he's on my bench, but yeah, I, I don't have a ton of faith anymore in like, you know, what's going to happen. Like when he's going to get called up, he could, I guess if he gets hot, like at this point, I don't even blame the pirates because he's hitting 189. <laughs> I mean, what's the, you know, it's like, there's no reason to call that up. Like he's not making a case for himself, so I don't know. Maybe he's, you know, when once he's called up, I'll definitely be interested in all leagues because he has power and speed. So I'll I'll be grabbing him in like the shallowest of leagues if he's called up, but I'm not stashing him really. Yeah, I think I'm still a couple of weeks away from being able to go ahead and stash him because I do think mid June is probably. The earliest we're going to get early to mid June is probably the the soonest we're going to get to see him from the Pirates. They they just have no reason to call him up, as you said. He's just not hitting. He is he is getting a little bit better. He's he's putting his frustrations aside, and I think getting back to just hitting for a little bit uh, recently. But we're going to have to see a little bit more before they call him up and start his service clock. Speaking of prospects, Joe Adele and Matt Brash both got sent down. I had high hopes for both of these guys. Um, I mean, they, they flash at times, but they are both a little too volatile right now. Are you holding on to these guys and say your, your, NF, your 15 team NFBCs or is it cut and, and grab something else? Uh, cut. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not holding them. I think, uh, you know, Joe Adele, uh, as of right now, uh, everyone in the angels lineup is healthy. So even if Joe Adele's hitting, He's not going to be an everyday player. Uh, and Brash, as I as I said many times on the site, or uh, maybe I even said on the podcast, he's way too – he's got no command, so it's way too risky to start Brash anywhere. It's like you're – you're tempting fate anytime you start him, even if uh, – you know. So even if he gets called up, I'm not interested. Gotcha. I, I still have some high hopes for Brash. I have still high hopes for Adele as well. But I'm with oh, you. Oh yeah. Oh, totally. If if situations change, but right now I'm talking. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think they're cuts in, in NFBC, which is 15 teams. So uh, pretty much in, in anything that's not an only league or a keeper dynasty, it's okay to go ahead and move on. I think uh, Bobby Witt Jr., who we talked about earlier, is starting to hit. Uh, Julio Rodriguez also starting to hit. Abrams is still splitting time, but he's doing a little bit better when he plays. Jared Clinic is not hitting at all and he's splitting time <laughs> um i mean what are you doing with these four guys here i, I didn't want to go through them individually but let's let's talk uh, bobby witt and julio you're obviously keeping in the lineups they're playing every day they're starting to hit yeah. so they're upside we know what that is abrams and Kalenic. what are you doing with there uh yeah i think with you know abrams like you said i mean when he's been in the lineup recently at least he's hit a little bit so uh you know i i you can't i don't think you can play abrams in like most leagues like most uh 
you know, he's a tough play in, in weekly leagues because he's not playing every day. Um, and then, uh, you know, in, in every day, uh, what's it called in, um, you know, in like daily leagues, I think if he's playing, if he's in the lineup, like I have Abrams in a 15 team mixed league, that's a daily league. And when he plays, I put him in the lineup and when he doesn't, I just take him out. Um, you know, so I've been playing him and that team is, that team's not doing awful. <laughs> just to, give, <laughs> to give people an idea. Like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I'm playing. Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh great. He's playing a guy on a terrible team <laughs> and he's doing poorly. This sounds great. Um, no, I mean, that team's doing okay. So yeah. And then Kalenic. I was telling people to drop him in like shallower leagues, you know, like most of our, you know, most of our readers are 12 team uh, mixed leagues or shallower. Uh, that's actually most people, I mm-hmm. think, in <laughs> fantasy. But anyway, uh, in that format, I don't know if you can really keep clinic around. I mean, if you have a spot on your bench, I guess, but he's just like, I mean, he's striking out so much. There's just, even if he were to make, you know, even if he were to make hard contact when he's, when he's making contact, it's still like, I mean, he's got a, a strikeout rate that's going to produce like a 175 average at best. I mean, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's really like, I mean, you can't start that. Even if, even if the league average is, you know, 230, it's still, a clinic still 60 points under that. So, um, and that's if he were to actually be hitting with a, with a neutral luck. I mean, right now he's got a 150 average. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think you can hold that in most shallower leagues. In a deeper league, I guess you bench him. But I'm expecting Kyle Lewis to get called up and Kalenic to get uh, demoted. I, I mean, at this point, I think, you know, something needs to change. I think Kalenic's going to get demoted. So we'll see, I guess. Yeah, we'll wait and see on Kalinic. Like you said, I don't think you can start him right now in just about any format unless you're in an only league and he's literally the only outfielder you got to, to make a legal lineup. I, I think any other situation, you're probably benching him or cutting him. Like you said, in a 12-team league, it's really hard to continue to wait on guys if your bench is fairly shallow, like in our RCLs. Um, if you have a deeper bench, yeah, maybe you can hold on to him if, you, if your outfielders are performing and you can wait, but... It just hasn't looked good so far to start the season. Not saying it can't turn around, but Luis Castillo is set to return uh, actually today as we're talking on Monday. Are you looking for, I guess, are you starting him? I, it doesn't matter really for our listeners, but uh, like how, how early are you going to be comfortable starting Luis Castillo here? Uh, well, I only have him in a, uh, a 15 team weekly league. So I started him because He's going to get two starts this week, so maybe, I don't know. I'm hoping he goes four innings today and then maybe five-plus innings his next time out. I don't know. I'm, I, I don't have high hopes, but, you know, in uh, in a weekly league, in a 15-team weekly league, you only have so many options. So I'm starting him. I would tell people, you know, in a 12-team a mixed league or shallower you're, you're, you know, you're probably playing with fire to start him the first time out, but I think he gets a decent matchup. I think he does. He get the Pirates. I think later this week. I don't know. I think he gets a better matchup later this week. So, I think he's decent as a like, um, you know, in his second start. I think he's got a decent matchup. So, 
Yeah, I mean, he looked good in rehab, a little bit wild. The command wasn't totally there, but he was striking guys out. He didn't give up any runs. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I mean, I'm, you know, uh, hopeful, uh, you know. <laughs> conservatively hopeful, I guess. All right. So, I mean, I think 15 team to start, you know, that's, that's the right time. Yeah. You got it. I mean, I want to go out and trade. Yeah, I, I want to go out and trade for him. I don't, you know, I, you know, I drafted him prior to finding out he had arm injury. <laughs> so I got, I got stuck with him. I wouldn't go out and, you know, I wouldn't go out and trade for him yeah. uh, at this point, at least. I, I mean, I guess we'll see how he looks, but. I'm expecting to not get more than 75 innings this year from him. So we'll see. Yeah, he, he threw about 75 uh, pitches and his last start went four to third innings. So th- that's kind of what you're expecting, at least early on, is isn't that 75 to 90 range until he kind of builds it up and can go a little bit further. Um, I sat Luis Castillo this week because I could keep him on my IR for another week and just kind of watch this happen. So we will see what happens in his return. But it, like you said, he was doing fine and in his minor league uh, starts that he had. He had three minor league starts. Let's talk about Shane Bieber's velocity. I mean, the numbers are okay, but the velocity is down on Bieber. He's lost about two miles an hour on that fastball. Are you concerned about Shane Bieber? Would you be potentially uh, looking to get out, or is is Bieber the type of guy where you know the velocity may not be all that important? I was uh, I was out on him in the preseason. I told people not to draft him. I. I was concerned about injuries uh, then. I have nothing's changed for me. I would not go anywhere near Bieber. I think, you know, honestly, I'm surprised that he's still getting rolled out there. I don't, I don't know what's going on, but if I were the Guardians and I saw, like, my ace throw in 90 mile per hour, which is down almost three miles per hour on his fastball, and his K rate is – you know, barely an eight K per nine. Oh, I mean, his stuff, it looks all, I mean, his numbers look terrible. <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't, it doesn't look good. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. I, I would, if I had him in a league, I'd be trying to trade him after like a decent start. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I have no faith in him whatsoever. Unfortunately, I mean, I have nothing personally against them but yeah i mean it doesn't look good yeah it's hard to say after watching him just get smashed by toronto uh this weekend (laughs) but i still think i'm i'm not overly concerned i I would certainly trade him for draft day value if i could but i'm not panicking on shane bieber i do think with his control with the way that he can move the ball in every direction and throw it out every part of the plate i i think he can still be a you know a useful fantasy starter the problem is as you mentioned, the K's are way down. And so if you had built your team on the perspective of him being a 28, 30% K rate or even higher, then you may have to adjust kind of what you're looking for uh, in a potential trade or pickups. You may have to go and find yourself some more strikeouts or play the two, two start uh, matchups a little bit more aggressively. Yep, agreed. All right, let's finish this up with some names to watch, some guys that you could potentially pick up this week, Ray, if you're looking to fill some spots. Who you got? Uh, well, you know, uh, Josh Winder looks pretty good. I like, you know, the Twins, 
really develop well with like um you know pitching and hitting in uh in, for real baseball at least for hitting because uh you know they really are able to get a lot of guys with great plate discipline and then for pitching they have a ton of you know they're really uh they really hone guys command which is really nice to see for especially for rookies so josh winder I mean, you're probably not going to – he's not going to be George Kirby. Um, the Ks won't be that high. He might not even have an 8K per 9 at the end of the day. It might be like a, a high 7K per 9. But he's got really good command. So you're looking at like a one and a half walk rate. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him keep his ERA under three and a half, which for – most leagues, a three and a half ERA or under, and a uh, a low eight, high seven K per nine is probably a five or six fantasy starter, which is for any league really. So yeah, I mean, I I could definitely see looking at him. Yeah, I, I think something I don't know what clicked with Winner, or if he, you know he's just finally getting his chance to start, but. Uh... He's gotten a couple of starts after being kind of the long reliever, splitting starts early in the season, and he's looked great against Oakland and Tampa Bay. Oakland, you know, maybe not a whole lot to write home about, but at Tampa Bay, as you mentioned earlier, that's a that's a strong performance against a team that really is a patient patient offense, and, and you know, obviously knows the the numbers splits wise. And what uh, there's doing also there. uh, down there in uh, in Georgia where you're at, there's Spencer Strider, which I don't even know. I don't know what his uh, role is going to be. I don't know if they're moving him into the rotation. I haven't heard. Have you heard if they're moving him into rotation? I haven't heard. Uh, I haven't heard officially that he's getting a rotation spot, but they're. I think he is filling, going to fill in that. They're that stretching. They're, it seems like they're stretching. Yeah, him I out. think he's going to be so, the fifth uh, spot sooner than later. Yeah, you know, if actually if Strider is stretched out, that makes him more of a lunger, huh? <laughs> hey, beat on, huh? Nice, nice, pun nice pun, you. Gray. A little dad joke. <laughs> hey, not a father, but I'm making a dad joke. Is that okay? <laughs> I'm okay with it. Um, there's other guys. So, um, you know, Brandon Drury, uh, to sound like a, a drunk father, uh, Brandon Drury's been hot. Uh, Ramon Luriano just came back from uh, a suspension. Hopefully he learned his lesson to be uh, – uh, 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 a, 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 a a real dad. Hey, I hope you learned your lesson, Ramon Liriano. All right. Don't make me be your father. Uh, Dane Dunning. Really kind of interested in Dane Dunning. He's got a, you know, he's got a decent K per nine. I was actually, so Dane Dunning, funny story. That's not actually funny. I was uh, looking to draft Dane Dunning last year and he really sort of burned me bad. <laughs> but this year, he looks like what I was expecting from him last year. So we're talking like, you know, he's got a great park around a nine K per nine, decent enough command. I could see Dane Dunning being valuable for any league, really, for even uh, shallower mixed leagues. Maybe 10 team is a little too shallow, but maybe a 12 team mixed league. Um, and Manuel Margot has been crazy hot. And he looks like 50 Cent. I mean, what else do you want? I mean, yes, Margot finally finally breaking out. We, we kind of mentioned both Dunning and Margot last week. And, you know, Margot, we were both kind of in on Dunning. We said at Yankees, so you probably wait. But now he looked great at the Yankees. So hopefully you grabbed him and you can start him this week. 
I believe he's got Boston, which is not as scary as it uh, once was to go to Boston. So, I mean, Dunning's looked looked pretty good in some some tough matchups here. And I'll just throw out Michael Franco real quick if you're looking for a corner infielder. Not really going to give you much beyond some runs and some average. Um, but if you're just looking for somebody sticking at corner infield, he has been performing and playing fairly regularly. So I don't mind Michael Franco as a fill-in corner infielder for you this week. Mm. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. I think that's a good list to end on, Gray. If you, as always, if you have anything, you can go to the comments in the podcast article or any of Gray's articles. You can come to Twitter. I am at RazBeatOn. Gray is, of course, the owner of the at RazBall account. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Late. Valentine's Day isn't just about who you love, but what you love. And if you love learning about history, innovation, exploration, and true stories that will leave you inspired, then you have to get to the National Army Museum in Alexandria, Virginia. You'll find three floors filled with treasures from the Revolution to today. You can even drop in the museum store and get a gift for that special someone. Parking and admission are free. For tickets, visit usarmymuseum.org. That's usarmymuseum.org. When it comes to protecting the planet, science and business go further together. Georgetown's 11-month Master of Science in Environment and Sustainability Management delivers a powerful combination of scientific knowledge and business principles, preparing you to develop solutions for a more sustainable world. Ready for a career focused on protecting the planet? Learn more at esm.georgetown.edu explore.